You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 20. And today we're talking about creating online courses which are successful for both you and your clients. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Well, hello there. Thanks for joining me and welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I am super excited to be bringing today's episode to you where we're talking all about online courses. So for me, why I do what I do is I want to help other people to create a business and a life that they love because that's what I've done. I've originally had a business that I didn't really love so much. Like I liked the business. Actually, I loved the business, but I had not created a life around it that suited what it was that I was looking for. So now I help people to create this business that fits into the life that they want to create, you know, to give them the freedom to do what jazzes them or, you know, to really make them happy. For me, the things that make me happy are hanging out with friends and family. I'm a big extrovert. I love travel. I, if I could just travel 24-7 every single day of the year, I would. And certainly that's what I'm working towards. And I love business. So being able to put those three things together means that because I love this life that I've created, I'm super pumped and excited to be showing up in my business every day. And the reason that I'm sharing that with you is because I believe that online courses give you the opportunity to be able to do this, to give you the freedom to to do what it is in your life that you love, whether it's hanging out more with your kids, whether you're like me and you love to be on the road and traveling, it doesn't really matter what it is, whatever it is for you. So there were some stats that Dr. Carrie Rose mentioned in this interview, which absolutely shocked me. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are thinking that this online course space is maxing out, but the online course business was a $255 billion industry in 2017, which was up from $107 billion only two years prior. So this, it's a massively growing industry. That means that there's a lot of opportunity for us, but there's also a lot of failure rate in creating online courses. And there's only for most online courses, a three to 5% completion rate, which means that, you know, 95% of people that are buying online courses are not finishing them. So today with our featured guest expert, Dr. Carrie Rose, I chat to her and go deep in how do you create an online course that's world-class, a course that creates the maximum impact, just not in success for yourself because you need to create a, a course that's going to be financially successful to create your freedom, but also that has your clients getting maximum success. 
So this is a great episode. I know that you'll want to take notes or go back and re-listen to this. Without further ado, here is Dr. Carrie Rose. Let's jump right in. Dr. Carrie Rose, welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm really looking forward to nerding out and having lots of laughs with you today. So welcome. Hey, thanks. Any opportunity to nerd out with you is one that I will jump on. So I appreciate oh, you. are beautiful. <laughs> if you can't tell already, I have, we do get along very well and this is going to be lots of fun. And today we're going to nerd out talking about online courses, which is your absolute genius zone. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you want to hear, I have spoken to Dr. Carrie Rose before on the Unlimited Influence podcast. I'll pop the episode for that in the show notes. But today we're going to go even deeper into online courses. Before we jump in, can you give us a really brief intro into how you got into online courses? What got you here? And who are the kinds of people that you work with now? Sure, absolutely. So what I do is what I believe. And what I believe is at this moment in time, like no other in human history, purpose-driven entrepreneurs have a tool at their disposal to make massive impact on a global scale through online courses if they take responsibility for their students' success. And that really stems back to my childhood, honestly. I witnessed something pretty traumatic when I was four years old, and it left me with selective mutism. So I barely spoke for six years of my life. I'm also dyslexic. So when I entered fifth grade, I didn't know how to read. I had one teacher, Miss D. Taylor in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that took me from that shell of a human being to the highest standardized test score that school had seen in one year's time. So I learned firsthand from her the, um, the power that we all have you know, to really influence another life for the better. I mean, you know, I think about it as saving lives, right? Because um, I, I feel like she saved mine. But if we, if we care, and if we know the right strategies to use. I spent 10 years in public education working uh, with students primarily in schools that were high percentages of uh, students from low socioeconomic backgrounds. So just imagine children that would leave on Friday and you don't know if they're getting fed again until Monday morning at free breakfast. Wow. So yeah, that was, that was my home base. And I love those kids and I was able to do a lot with them. I had one fourth grade class in particular that was um, pretty much the we, we we ranked the students from one to seven, and they were the bottom bottom seventh class. So it was an ex ed population, and the rest of them were considered DNQs, which is does not qualify, meaning their IQs were so low that the school system had already started to give up on them. Oh and wow! Yeah, so I took them, and we created the greatest learning gains that school had ever seen. And I'm like, I need to do this on a larger scale. I need to affect more lives than what I was able to do inside of the classroom. So I decided to get my doctorate. I'm thinking I'm going to work for the Department of Education, either at the state or federal level. And I, I learned fast that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do once I got going. And I met three internet marketers uh, in a world of beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, as you, if, as you do, you know, if you're looking for divine intervention, just go to where craft beers are sold. And so I'm sitting in this world of beer and, and walk three internet marketers and they say things. I'm like, hey, so what do you do? And they're like, internet marketing. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, online marketing. I'm like, uh, yeah, nope. And they're like, affiliate marketing. I'm like, geez, stop it. You know, (laughs) tell me what you do, you know, and I'm sure some of your listeners can relate if they're in that kind of in that space. I was like 37 at the time and I thought I had my stuff together and I clearly there was a whole nother world that I didn't quite understand. And so they introduced me to online courses, of course, and they gave me access. They really mentored me and took me under their wings and they gave me access to online course after online course after online course to try to understand this whole world. And I'm taking them 
And, and during the process, I'm like, you know, thank God I'm smart and I write fast, you know, because really I've looked at some of the best programs out there right now. And even some of the most amazing programs that people are raving over, when I go through it, I'm like, they are maybe impacting about 20% of their audience just wow. from like what I know about like how people learn. I'm like, I can probably figure that this is about a 20 percentile, you know, mm -hmm. of people that are actually being impacted by their work. And it's not because of anything that anybody's doing wrong or anything that, you know, I, I'm not trying to point fingers or anything here. It's just that we're, we're doing what's been done. We, we see something and then we copy the methods. And a lot of the ways that online courses are being put together are being put together based on some of the most horrible examples of education. <laughs> like if you look at <laughs> If you look at course length videos, even just like we just take that, you know, some of these videos are 40 minutes. And I'm like, well, gee, why are they 40 minutes? Research shows that people fall off videos and online courses at the seven minute mark. So let's just start with that. But these, the videos are like 40 minutes in length. And I'm like, why are they that long? And I'm like, well, if you look at classroom rotations in public ed, at least over here in the States, they're about 45 minutes per class, which is really more about logistics and getting people to the bathroom than it is about learning. Yeah. So you know, it's it just things like that. So what I've done is I've created a system and a process for putting online courses together based on over 500 research studies on how the human brain connects to content. Because like I said, I believe that I believe in the power that each person has if they care and they have the right strategies in their hands. Totally. And I love what you said right at the beginning in it, what I do is what I believe. And I know that the people that are listening will totally understand that because the people that are listening to this podcast are true experts in what they do and their intention to change the world or to change as many people as possible is like really up there. People with a, a big passion, a big purpose and who want to leave a lasting legacy. And we have been born into a time where we have the ability to change people for the better, you know, because we've got our phones in our hands. We have these mini computers that can connect us all around the world so, so easily. But what I find is that there's a lot of people that have got a lot of expertise and they are afraid to get into online courses because they may have done an online course that, um, and I'm sure all of us have been in this situation, bought an online course and been totally let down. And all, all we're left with is, you know, a hole in our wallet. And so there's a lot of, I guess, some bad vibes, I guess, out in, in the coaching and the thought leadership, the expert space. So what can you tell us about the intention of putting these courses together? Because I do believe that if we can get this message right to the right people, that they will go on and make a bigger difference. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, let's just touch on that. Like um, the online course space or the online course business is a $255 billion industry, at least in 2017, which was up from $107 billion two years prior. Oh, my so, goodness. That is yeah, huge. It's a growing, massively growing space. So there's definitely room for you in, in this industry if that's something that you're interested in getting into. But let's just look at this. You know, on average, we have about a 3 to 5% completion rate. So about 95 to 97% of people that take these products are not finishing them. They are, you know, <laughs> they're part of the attrition. They're not getting the value that they came for. <laughs> so if you're a part of that where you've taken something and you're like, hey, I didn't get what I paid for, okay, you know, that's, that's possible. Those things happen. And I'm really sorry it happened, but that doesn't mean that your course has to be a part of that. I've had clients who've created online courses with me that their students, they had like 96% completion rates. 
That's huge. Yeah, it's on the other side of the spectrum, right? So I just want to invite you to consider other possibilities. If like online courses have left a bad taste in your mouth, it's cool. I get it. There are other people like that that feels the same way, but the opportunity is still there. The tool is something that's still incredibly powerful. And it just, it does matter what your intention is when you, when you sit down to create it. Um, So let's go into that. Like, what is your intention? And there's an exercise that I have all of my clients do before we even get started. Um, You know, I have one of my one-on-one clients is flying in on Friday for a four-day course intensive um, and we're going to be creating his course and he is absolutely excited um, and I can hear it in his voice and he's like, this is going to reach millions and I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's the beauty of online courses. Absolutely. And he's coming from that place, that pure place of, I really want to change these lives. And I'm like, yes. And so tonight we were going over things and he's like, what should I do? And I'm like, I want you to write down your copy for your landing page before we start. And he was like, wait, what? And I'm like, I want you to imagine that you're selling this course. You know, let's pretend like this is an already created thing. You know, what are your hand on your heart promises that you are going to deliver to the people on the other side of it. And, and this is like, this is the bare bones. This is like the very first step before you even get there. Because if we start looking at completion rates, part of the problem, and it's not the only variable, there are many variables that lead to low completion rates, but one of them is a lack of congruence between the copy on the landing page and the content of the course. And what happens is a lot of times people create these products to sell and then they hire a copywriter, which is smart um, because we're not all copywriters, right? So they hire a copywriter to write the copy for their landing page, but the copywriter is using their methods for selling, but doesn't necessarily know the content of the course. It becomes a responsibility of the course creator to look at the copy and go, oh, that's what I meant, or that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't necessarily do that. Um, And so what you've got is a landing page that's selling the course to somebody that's incredibly different than what's inside of it. So instead, like to flip the order around and have them write out what their promises are. And I don't mean that you have to be a perfect copywriter. That's not it. You can always give that copy later to a copywriter to do their thing with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And at least they have some idea now of what's inside of it. But if you've got something where you're like hand on your heart promising something to another human being, you know, and you're really looking at it like, I see you, you know, and you're seeing their, your avatar, I see you and I'm promising you hand on my heart that this is what's going to be delivered inside of this course before I even get started. That changes the entirety of, of your process. And then that changes it, you know, at the end, you're checking for congruence. You're checking for congruence all along the way. Make sure that all of those promises are being met. And it really starts to help you even frame the content before you even sit down for an outline because your, your outline should then be based on fulfilling on those promises. I absolutely love that. I've not heard that before. And as you were saying it, my mind was like, wow, that is totally true because we're we're reverse engineering then going, this is exactly who I'm speaking to. This is the problems that they have. This is what we're, you know, we're going to, as you say, hand on a heart, help you solve those exact problems. And now let's create the content that does that. That is absolute gold right there. We're done. We're done. Okay. <laughs> hands and walking away from the microphone. Yeah, I mean, like, the next step then is just to take out it and look at it and go, okay, what are the outcomes now that I want them to achieve because of this? You know, if, if they're going, if I'm going to promise them this, then what do they need to know? 
what do they need to be able to do and who do they need to be able to be in order to accomplish what you're promising them, right? And then Love taking that. it even further and like then you can start to work into modules and lessons and stuff from there. But so many times it's like people sit down to create these courses and even the ones that come with really good intentions, and this happens a lot in the expert space, it's interesting because somebody will come to me for, oh, I have one course I want to create. And literally they have like five courses in them. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I find exactly the same thing. They go, oh, but it could go this way and this way. And I went, well, just stop. <laughs> right. That's different courses. Like what are we doing right here, right now? Yeah. Well, it's too much. It's too much. And like, uh, uh, you know, you'll have all your content and you're like, I want to change the world. I want to help everybody. I'm like, well, that's great. But like 25 hours of a course is not going to everyone help. Right. So. That's exactly right. And then what ends up happening is that instead of, you know, these people really think that they're trying to help, but when people can't consume that course, they actually help less people. Absolutely. And they don't know where to go with it. It's not as direct. If you've got like 25 hours, I've taken 25 hour courses. I've evaluated 45 hour courses. Um, and I can tell you my first recommendation, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but really like when you start looking at it like that, it's just the information's everywhere. It's not going to be as directed to them. They're not going to know what to, what to get out of it or where to go to get their immediate needs met. And it's really, it is absolutely about that person on the other side of it. So we have to like, it's hard sometimes because as experts, we want to, we want to share our genius, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to push our ego aside and go like, how do I show up in service? Yeah. Oh, I love and, that. And it's difficult. Like, you know, I, <laughs> not easy over here too. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what I'm hearing is to that by writing out your promises and really thinking about the outcomes that you want that person to achieve, you're working then backwards and just joining the, it's like joining the dots or joining the steps in a straight line rather than, and you know, we both work with people that are creating online courses that almost stand at the start line and try and create it going forwards and end up going all over the shop rather than reverse engineering and going, well, what's the quickest point? from point A to point B, making sure that we achieve those outcomes. Absolutely. Even after that, I, I was talking to, well, I just told you, I was talking to my client today and I'm like, okay, so the first day we'll probably spend on that and our focus questions. And then that'll be all that we get done on day one. And this is a four day intensive and the fourth day we're filming this, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, kind wow. of, it's kind of a little nerve wracking. I'm like, we'll only get through our focus questions. And a focus question is just the, it's a question that goes to the beginning and end of the lesson. And it starts with a how or a why. And how or a why just because if you ask somebody a what question, they can give you like one word, right? Or if you ask mm -hmm. them when or who, those questions are really like right there kind of questions. But how or why really um, tap into your brain a little bit on, uh, on a deeper level, right? Mm -hmm. So they start with how or why. And at the beginning of the lesson, you ask it and say like, you know, by the time this, we're done with this lesson, you should be able to answer the following question. And at the end of the lesson, you have them answer the question. And oh, wow. all that's in the lesson answers that question. That's it. And if it doesn't answer that question, it doesn't go in that lesson. So it helps in a way because it's like, A, for the student, it focuses in their brain to we are specifically right here. Okay. And that's what I'm looking for. So it's almost like, you know, um, activating their, their reticular activating system. Am mm -hmm. I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, like, totally. Okay, cool. So like if you're looking for red shirts everywhere and you close your eyes, you know where the red shirts were, right? So mm -hmm. um, so this is like really focusing their brain into this is the thing that I need to find. 
But on your end, it helps in a way of like, okay, I'm putting a fence around this. And now I know that all I need to do in this lesson is answer that question. I need to dump everything in here because my outline says so, and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've taken courses where it's like, gosh, I took a course on LinkedIn and I'm not going to say the person's name, A, because I can't remember it, but B, because I wouldn't do that to them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We don't do that here. We don't do that. But the course is eight hours long. And I swear to God, it could have been a PDF. It was really on how to get up to like 500 connections on LinkedIn. And this is when I was like starting out. And I'm like, I don't know if I have 500 people I know. Um, So I'm taking this course to try to build it. And he was everywhere inside of his lessons. I mean, like we were on on Twitter, we were on Facebook, we were on da-da-da-da and whatever. Like it didn't, none of that other stuff mattered. But it was really because he didn't, know that one simple technique of just like, if it doesn't answer this question, if it doesn't help them meet that objective, it doesn't go inside of the course. It doesn't go inside of the module. It doesn't go inside of this lesson. Wow. That focus question is so powerful. So powerful. That is beautiful. So, well, that brings me to my next question then. How do we create something that is powerful something that is going to change lives because the kinds of people that you and I work with, they're people that really are going, you know, they've got the most amazing intentions and they really do want to leave a lasting legacy and, and, you know, really they want to change the world. How, how do we create something that's powerful like that as opposed to something that just sells because people want it? Because I've been caught out with this before with marketers going, well, you know, let's just create something that sells. This is what people are looking for. So how can we differentiate between those two? Ah, let's put them both together. Okay, let's do that. You're the, this is your genius zone. Please take the, take the driver's seat. Um, I want people to have financial abundance as well, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when 100%. people tell me their sales on courses, like uh, when, somebody was just talking to my partner today about their course and they're not really sure about it or whatever, but they just did a launch and they made $60,000 in maybe like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to celebrate that win and we're going to see how to make your course better, you know, like, yeah. at the same time, because you want to serve the people inside of it at the highest level and you want there to be a lot of people inside of it that you're serving. So they're like, they're hand in hand. So like all of those dollars to me are all of, is all of that energy coming from all of those people that need your energy back. So it's yes. a big cycle. So yeah, the focus question is a good place to start from it. But I think that you know, when we're looking at these courses, we have to create a zone of like independence for the students on the other side. Because right now, the way that they're being framed creates a strong zone of reliance. And what I mean by this is like, this goes back to the, you know, what I said earlier, the thank God I'm smart and I write fast thing, because we tend to give people right there information. We tend to hang out and, and recall. So basically like, um, you know, I'm going to tell you these five things, what five things, these five things, those five things, these five things, got them check. Right. And those five things don't matter. Those five things they could Google, you know, <laughs> those five things they're not going to apply. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, they're not anything super concrete. We test things in a way that for instance, multiple choice tests, I, I've still seen it inside of online courses 
where um, people are offering, especially in the certification realm, multiple choice tests inside of it. Multiple choice tests are recall more often than not. Most people that write questions for multiple choice tests don't have the understanding of how to write questions that go on a deeper level inside of a multiple choice question, Mm -hmm. which is tricky. It's not easy. So no worries if you're one of them. Okay. I'm not bashing anybody, but I'm just saying it's not easy. The other side of it is none of those are reliable or valid. They haven't been norm referenced against anything. And if we want to get worse here, some of them are write their questions from PowerPoint. So literally I could watch an entire video series and I've done this inside of certification programs, watch the entire video series, pull up on another computer the PowerPoints, and then go through and take the test looking at the PowerPoints and just click, clicking the answers Uh based on the copy that's right next to me. And I know, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, but (laughs) I I don't like hoops. (laughs) I don't like hoops. I think hoops are silly. Hoops are super silly. And we're having adults jump through hoops with some of these things because we're living in the zone of recall. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to them because they're wondering why they're doing it. It's not fair to them because it doesn't actually do anything different. I took a a course a long time ago and it was on social media, but there was like an aspect of branding in it. And it really touched on like, okay, this is the one module, right? You need, you need a color scheme. You need a logo. You'll need a website. You'll need your social media sites. And I, I can't even remember what else, but it was so, so, so basic that I was like, I had to then then turn that information into, okay, how do I think critically about this? Because there's nothing here for me. And so I was like, okay, well, let me look up different people that are doing what I'm doing and see what colors they're using. Let me examine their website from the perspective of a potential client. Let me compare and contrast these two. You know, what do I see that's alike between these two websites? What do I see that's different between these two websites? Let me examine the tone that they're using in their social media posts. Let me see how many responses they're getting into what. So like really, how do I take this content and then make it something that I can embody or actually understand or have it become a part of me as opposed to being reliant on the teacher still. Like, how do I think critically about it? But as course creators, we have to direct them to think critically about the content. That's not their responsibility to do. And most people don't do that independently anyways. So what I'm hearing there is the It needs to be the intention on the student where a lot of people are putting the intention on themselves as the course creator. So how do I monetize this the best to get the most sales rather than the intention being on the student of how can I help them the most, which in actual fact, when you do that well and get really deep in that vertical, will sell well anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people will start to hear that you're actually doing this differently. I believe in a Chinese philosophy of education that the student will work harder than the teacher. And if you, if you hold that when you're creating these courses and these products, and you're creating something where like they're actually getting to work, and they're actually starting to understand things differently because of the way you're phrasing your questions to them. And they're starting to apply things in different ways that they hadn't applied before. That's when you're going to start to see like real value. The value is solving the problem. The value is not talking to them. So how are you going to, how are you going to invite them to solve the problem for themselves? Absolute gold. 
So once we've got the intention right, the intention on the student, we're thinking or we're, we're perceiving the life and the problems through the student's eyes rather than our eyes as the, the teacher or the course creator, what are all the pieces and the parts that we need to start putting together to make this, to, to build this out, to turn it from a concept into something that we can put out into the world? Oh gosh, that can be, <laughs> that's that a million be, dollar question. How long is a piece of string, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, and it varies. I know not the answer you probably want. Um, but I think, I think of each project, each course that I get to is its own unique piece of art and everything varies based on three variables for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's based on the course creator. It's based on the content and it's based on the students. Let's say you have like a normal course and I just wanted to look at learning modalities, mm-hmm. right? If I just look through the lens of learning modalities, I would say that you need to hit auditory, visual, and kinesthetic, mm-hmm. right? In different ways throughout your course normally. But if you told me, and okay, and just to say to do that, I would say, okay, just some basics here. Go ahead and record your video, strip the audio, provide the audio, have the audio transcribe, provide the transcripts. Okay, so just for every course as a blanket statement, I would say that. For the Mm -hmm. most part, if you told me you were creating a course specifically for dyslexics, I would say you don't need the audio because dyslexics have auditory processing issues. So Mm -hmm. they don't need to have an audio there. Right. And so that's just like one example. But each thing, there's no like flat, like every time do this kind of a feel to it. And I think we really need to get away from that to some degree. Like if you tell me I need five modules, five lessons each, 40 minutes in each video, I'd go, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's what's the fastest way to solve their problem and, and start getting away from the exchange of I'm giving you my time, I'm giving you my value, but really getting into the place of uh, your time is valuable. Let me, let me get this to you as fast as possible. You know, my course is two hours long <laughs> in total video time. And if they do it, they're going to be working hours more than that and their course will be built. So it doesn't exactly work as in a, like, here's the set blueprint, but if they take it, they'll meet their objective. So what does that look like? So what I'm hearing again, and this theme is coming through loud and strong with absolutely every answer that you're giving is you need to know your audience. You need to know exactly who that ideal client is and help them. And putting together your video, your visual, your auditory, your kinesthetic pieces so that it best matches your ideal client. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say if you are, if you're in a place where you might not be so tech savvy at the moment, you want to get something up and out there. That's okay. Like, um, maybe you're not the best at filming videos, but you want to do something. Well then do a PowerPoint. Like you don't, if if you're not comfortable filming yourself on your iPhone, then start with doing keynotes and recording them. But then each time like updating it, you had Dr. Z on, didn't you? I did. Yes. Dr. Zeno's course, I just, he sent me the link over and um, I helped him build that with him. And I just saw the preview of the course and it is like watching a movie. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. It is is so beautiful. But I I feel like eventually that's where we're going is like into that, you know, movie level quality of courses, you know, something that really captivates people and pulls them and makes them feel special and a part of something because they can get the information anywhere. They can get it anywhere. They need to feel like this is something that is made for them. And they need to also have your specific take on it. Yes. And your guidance with it, which is different. 
I love that. The idea, you know, thinking about that and the movie and thinking of the emotions rather than just in the logical realm, because it's great to think that a course needs to be logical and people need to learn that. But really it's when you go to that emotional level that you're actually going to remember it and be able to have recall and to understand the learnings at a much deeper level. It's all connected. That one go away. (laughs) What was that? What was that? Don't let one go to the side. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because like when, I, when you say that, I'm like, yes, and for some people that's true and for some people that's not. So make sure they're both in there. Yeah. You know? Make sure they're both. When Whenever we start any of our courses, all of our lessons start with the why and the why is broken down into ethos, pathos, and logos, which is um, from Aristotle. So it's more about persuasion than it doesn't have anything to do with like learning uh, styles or learning techniques, but it has a lot to do with persuasion. So inside of that, the ethos is, you know, why is this the right thing? Like, why do they need to know this? Why is this right that they know this or right that they do this? Right. And so a lot of that kind of energy around it. Logos is, you know, what statistical reasoning or support can you give for why this is right? Mm-hmm. And then pathos is connecting to the heart space. So before like we get into any of the what's or any of the details inside of each lesson, it's that why, but all three of them, because the, the thing is, you never know where the other person lives. So like, even if I know my avatar, I don't know if they're all pathos people. <laughs> I yeah. mean, doing, like if you're doing like a, a course on electrical engineering, you probably want to be logos heavy, mm-hmm. um, or statistical heavy, but it's really hard for the most part to be able to determine that. So inside of our courses, we try to meet every person where they're at, which sounds interesting in a static product, but it's completely possible. Yeah. And, and people, people change. Like when you were talking about that visual auditory kinesthetic, like the first thing I thought was I'm so not auditory. People can talk at me and they can give me directions. For example, like this, you know, you've got to turn left here and turn right here. And then you drive past this thing. And I swear to goodness, my brain just switches off. I'm like, don't even. However, I was, I was about to say I'm not auditory at all, but then I was thinking about it. I thought, hang on a minute. I listen to hours of podcasts every day while I'm out walking uh, and I'm a dancer. I'm motivated by music. So Mm -hmm. I can like, as you know, I say I'm a very visual kinesthetic person, but also depends on the day or the way it's delivered depends where you even flow within that. So really important to get all of the different pieces in there for people like me that change on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so once we've once we've really got clear on our audience and we've you know made that transition and got it down onto paper what it is that we're doing to get our people from point a to b what now do we need to consider to put this course together like there's different platforms that we can use and I know that it's funny that people that are thinking about doing it or putting an online course together the platforms or the actual logistics is usually the first thing they think about when really it's not one of the first things that needs to be considered. But obviously we do get to a point where we do need to think about how we're actually delivering the product. What can you tell us about the actual delivery 
Sure. I was in a room once and, and uh, it was a, I was up on a panel because I was speaking at the event. We did this VIP lunch. And so I'm on, up on this panel and somebody in the audience said, which learning management system should we use? And then somebody's like, well, if you're thinking that, you're not asking the right questions. And I was like, oh my goodness. I talked to the guy afterwards. I'm like, you're fine. This is normal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I felt bad for him. I'm like, oh, you just got roasted. But it is honestly, it's like the first question anybody asks. I yeah. would just say scientific and just leave it at that, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my honest answer. We're going to be, we've done a lot of things with Thinkific. We're on their um, experts. I forgot what they call it. I'm a Thinkific expert. But the reason that I love uh, Thinkific so much, honestly, they weren't, they weren't my only choice. You know, originally I researched every platform that I could for clients because so many people would ask that. And I would say that the first thing that would turn me off about some learning management systems is that I couldn't get people on the phone. I'm like, there's no phone number here. If your entire business is based through selling this educational product and something happens and you can't get somebody on the phone, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Right. So that was like, okay, you guys are out, um, <laughs> you know, right there. Yep. And then I looked at their branding, the ease of use, uh, you know, how easy is it for you to go in and put your own course together without hiring somebody to have to manage it for you? I looked at all of the marketing integrations. And then the other thing that showed up over time and the way we really ended up developing the relationship with Thinkific was a couple of different things. Every time I would get off the phone with them, they would ask how they could improve their site. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's I mean, super valuable. That's when you know you, it, it's the right person. Yeah. And I would schedule calls with them just to tell them how they could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's just, there's ways that my brain thinks that software hasn't caught up with yet, mm -hmm. but I, I bet that they will get there. But aside from that, I've never talked to anybody there that has been less than the nicest person on the planet. So <laughs> makes a big know. difference. It does. It does. I always tell them, like, you guys are Canadian. That's why. It's Canadian. <laughs> They're like Australians. Super. That nice. <laughs> I like you. I haven't met enough Australians yet. I was raised by um, my stepdad was Canadian. So I say I, sorry a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and really like people from Canada, like you. <laughs> well, that, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so, too. But no, I hands down Thinkific every time. And they also have a free version of their site too. So if you're just getting, if you want to play with it and put your course up and just test things out, you can go on there and, and play with the site without purchasing it. You know, you do want to set it up for a paid membership probably before you start selling it because if you sell it on the free plan, you'll start to lose percentages. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just something to consider. But yeah, get on there and just play around with it and see what you can do with it. Totally. I love it. Um, I haven't actually published anything on Thinkific, but certainly after I spoke to you last time, I've been playing around and it's, it's very cool the way that you can pull it all together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think they have like, you can even do websites in there now or something. I don't want to misspeak, but I haven't played with that much of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they've they just rebranded. Like I just only in the last couple of days, I don't, well, it's going to be a little while before this, this episode airs, but they've just, uh, they've just rebranded. So I'm actually looking forward to going in and seeing what's new and funky. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to new swag. So, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's good to have friends. Um, Absolutely. Fr friends in thinkific places. Yes. They have the best hoodies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they're really good people. <laughs> Beautiful. So for anyone that is thinking that they don't need an online course and it's not the, the route that they think is going to help their expert business, and i put you on the spot here, sure. what, what do you say to those people or what can you help them think about to, um, to really know that whether they should go down the online course route or not? Sure. I mean, so we just covered ease of use, right? So mm -hmm. you can start today for free. I sound like a salesperson, um, <laughs> but you can start today for free, free on the Think of Excite. So let's just say we just made it super easy and less complicated and, and free. But the other side of it is how much do you enjoy trading your time for money? Is that something that you like doing? And some people, the answer is going to be yes. Mm -hmm. Some people, the answer is going to be, I really enjoy it. And then I'd say, okay, well, what would happen if you still traded your time for money, but then had more money? Some people might go, oh, well, that might be an idea. Or they might still be like, no, I'm cool with it. And I'm not greedy and I don't want anything extra and that's fine. And then I'd say to them, okay, well, how greedy are you if you're not going to help the people that can't get to you because they don't have the time or money? Totally. One of my clients... We had this conversation and he consults to very, very big corporates. And when we really got into the legacy that he wants to leave, we, he discovered very quickly that the amount of people that he was impacting with the in, immense knowledge that he has was so tiny if he didn't put together these courses because there were so many people, small business owners, that had no access to his knowledge. So once we'd really broken that down, there was no doubt that an online course was the only way he could serve more people because as small business owners, we can't afford to pay what the big corporates were paying him. Dr. Carrie Rose, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. You're just, a, not only are you a wealth of information, you're just an, a beautiful bundle of energy and I always love chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming into the Business Lab today and sharing all your knowledge with us. Well, thanks for having me. I feel like you bring out the best in me. So. Ah. <laughs> I, I suspect that you have that quality on a lot of people. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm sure that's why your listeners are tuning in, honestly. So I appreciate any opportunity I have to speak with you and to serve others. And um, yeah, just grateful to be here. So thank you for that. Such a pleasure. Now for people that have listened to this episode and they want to stay connected with you, because of course, why would they not? How can they do that? Sure. Um, so you can go to www.of-course.us um, and check out anything there. There's a, a different, I'm not exactly sure what's on there right the second or what will be in a month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but there should be some different resources available to you, checklists and uh, free video series as well. You can always find me and follow me on social media. I'm trying to up my game there <laughs> and stay present in the ever-changing world. <laughs> it does. It changes fast. We were just having this conversation before we even hit record. It's uh, Look, reach out. You've got a Facebook group too. Yes, I do. Oh, thank you for that. Yes. So the Of Course community on Facebook. Love it. And of course, we'll link all of those up in the show notes. If you're walking along with your earbuds in, you don't need to panic about going straight to those websites right now. Just uh, head to the show notes page at samanthariley.global and we will link everything up there. So Dr. Carrie Rose, thanks so much. Thank you. 
Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.